0: there's like there's a really good story actually about the last scene of the film where et gets in the rocket and flies away um spoiler (laughs) if you haven't seen it like what are you doing yeah
1: You're studying at Leeds with me and Charlie. I am indeed. And I wanted to speak with you a bit more about the course because obviously I've spoken to people like Bruce and Ben Frampton who have been on our, the podcast and spoken about the course and the modules that they do and what they 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 enjoy. So I guess firstly, why are you here? <laughs> why? <laughs> why are not we in here? a rude way, but why are you studying at Leeds and and what what how what made you get into to music as well?
0: I started playing piano when I was about seven. My mum, my mum's a pianist, so she got me lessons, and so I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And then shortly after, I started playing French horn. Pretty random. Why? Why is that? Uh, well, there was this amazing brass teacher in my primary school, and he came in and did like. I think he did, like, an assembly where they, like, showed all the instruments and stuff. But I didn't really know what I was getting into because no one really knows what a French one is, let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, oh, I want to do that. And then, yeah, so I picked that up. So I've been playing since I was seven, so about 13 years now. So that was kind of, like, how I got into music, just through playing and, like, through, like, school orchestras and stuff. Yeah. So.
1: But how did... Do- so when you've got because again charlie's similar with this because he plays multiple instruments i've always just played the piano although i dabbled in the got to grade five recorder actually Oh, nice. um but how how with the introduction of the french horn how do you kind of balance your instruments and do you think you're more proficient in one than the other
0: i th- i'd say horn is like my first instrument so that's the one that i've had like the most consistent lessons and stuff and played the most with But I do really enjoy playing the piano as well. But that's kind of been more of a side thing, like more of a hobby. So I took it less seriously. So I've had kind of like lessons on and off for a while. But yeah, I'm trying to get back into it now. Okay. But it's usually, I'll go into a practice room, practice my horn, and then be like, you know, I'll just have a little tinkle on the piano. (laughs) So I do that for a bit as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: And piano is such a useful instrument to know for any musician, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You've been playing instruments and... What, what did that lead to in terms of studying at school or A-levels? Did you, were you very music-focused then as well?
0: Yeah, so I took music GCSE and A-level, but um, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was really interested in film directing and stuff, so I took drama GCSE as well, but it was a terrible GCSE. <laughs> it was like 20% acting, 80% writing, something stupid like that, and I kind of put me off. But when I took music A-level... Well I took, what did I take? Music, biology, maths and physics. I dropped physics after a year because I decided I wanted to do music but originally I was interested in biology but I would have still kept music on on the side but in like year 13 I was like okay I want to do music so it's quite late. I've always been good at it at school and I always really enjoyed it so I think it was a good decision.
1: And then so you come in to study uh, music at, at the university obviously I, I always say that our oh, course, our first year was very affected by COVID, so it's <laughs> yes. hard to comment on that. But what's your experience been so far, and how have you found the the, the modules? If you want to pick on any that are particular interest of you, to you,
0: well, I think I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, last year is a bit of a blur. It's kind of I don't know. It seems like it didn't really happen. So, um but this year, well, I took the Duke Ellington module last year, and I thought that was interesting. It was a bit, it was a bit dull. But I am interested in jazz and stuff too. But I think the main one I really enjoy at the moment is the film music production one, which I only just managed to get on because there was one space left. (laughs) But I'm really glad I did. But I do performance as well, and I enjoy doing that because free horn lessons. So yeah, and yeah. But it's mainly the film music one that I'm really into.
1: Before just quickly, before we jump onto that film music, with regards to Duke, what was it very focused on the history of jazz? Or what, what kind of things were you learning there?
0: Well, it was mainly about Duke Ellington and how he like how he progressed in his like output. So originally he was more of like a dance hall kind of. Um, well, he's a stride pianist, but he was mainly like producing dance music. But it was later on um, into the fifties where jazz composers started making bigger works like suites, which were more designed for the concert hall rather than the dance hall. And there was a big, it was really interesting. There was a big question of whether jazz was suited to a dance hall. And there was a whole racial issue as well. Because, yeah, jazz was seen as kind of lower in quality to classical art music. Mm. So there was a whole question of whether jazz was dance music or serious music and whether it would be valid. Yeah. in a concert hall so I thought that was that sounds really good that was really interesting because we
1: were learning something similar in in the uh, long 60s weren't we about um, about jazz and about what it kind of its affiliation with uh, the black power movement and the fact that it was very what's the word it was very hard to listen to I found some of the examples that were played and it was almost considered by like the general consensus at the time that it wasn't particularly tonal, or melodic or particularly popular at that time but obviously it was an important with the kind of with the culture, it was important, and it's come to a very very good place now, particularly recently, isn't it? I think
2: racism is a is a massive thing. Like we've learnt in music, it seems to always come up in in every module. Long is obviously a good example, but just generally, that, there's so much stuff about race and gender and all these more kind of social and cultural topics, and, and they always crop up, and it's interesting to see about it because. It doesn't, although it's obviously still a problem. It doesn't affect us anywhere near as much as it did. And like people think, oh, it's really bad now. You look back, it was horrendous back in the mm. day, and it's and it's and it's really sad. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, it's good to learn about the stuff, and I think they're quite critical. Like long sixties, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think that's like the Duke equivalent. I feel like yeah. it, it, it's a two-hour lecture. It's a big, it's a big lecture, and they're, they're essays based as well. So I feel like it's kind of one or the other. I'd definitely rather have done long 60s than Duke. I don't feel like I'm... I I love jazz
0: music, but I don't love it enough to be able to study it in that much depth. Yeah, with regards to the racism and gender issues, there's definitely, like... Well, my mum did music, but back in the 80s. And she said... I think she came to an open day and had a look at the list of modules. And she was, like, really surprised. Like, she said, you'd never get any of the sort of, like, racial other social issues that they talk about. That was never talked about back in the 80s. And um, I think it was one question for that history essay was about um, the role of female composers. And she was like, she was like blown away that they'd actually brought that up. Hmm. But yeah, I thought that was quite shocking.
1: It was a, a music research skills module, I think in the first year. I'm not sure, it was in one of the modules, maybe music and history and culture that asked you to name a list of composers maybe in the classical or renaissance eras or areas. And uh, <laughs> the general consensus or what, everything that I wrote down was just a male composer. So I yeah. didn't actually know any female composers really but between maybe well through the 18 and 1900s. Um, so that was quite interesting. And I think it just shows the... I don't know, it probably shows lots of things, but the opportunities to, to men were obviously greater because there was a lot of... Um, there wasn't many opportunities for female composers. Uh, it was interesting, though, to... Re- I don't know if you remember learning about any of the opera, because um, that was when uh, like performers like Barbara Strozzi like, was was particularly popular. So maybe some forms of music women were able to, to do a lot better. But, yeah, it's been interesting learning about that.
0: Yeah, no, it's been really good, because it sounds bad of me, but I've never really, like, even considered that. But when, I brought it, when they brought it up, I was like, wow, I literally don't really name many female composers which is really good at them mm.
1: yeah it's quite popular now in the in the charts you were saying the other day that it's quite female dominated now chart oh massively populated. i think yeah.
0: that
2: it's in many ways with commercial music it's a complete flip now mm. i mean if you just look at the charts now and just look at the amount of big names i'd probably name more women than men now especially in the charts like it's it's very female dominated mm. which is which is absolutely fine um but yeah i mean you just have to look it's not even that long ago It's look 50 years ago which is not a long time ago and just look at the how far we've come and it's by no means perfect now but it, it made me it gave me a bit of perspective actually to, just to think there's a lot of complaining nowadays about so many things and we complain about a lot and then just like stan or someone talking to us about you think it's bad now like it was horrendous back in the day and you look at it and you go wow yeah. like learning about people have to jump through hoops and lie about their ethnicity or whatever i was i was doing a led zeppelin lit review and one of the things i brought up was actually the fact that led zeppelin um didn't show their faces on the first album because they were signed to a label that was a black artist label and they were actually scared that by being white their album wouldn't be bought because it was um in the genre of blues it was massively black orientated so they'd think oh god I wouldn't actually be able to um, release this because it wouldn't get bought because I'm white and you think so that's what white people are going through and then you think oh what were black people going through what were women going through well, all these things so you don't really think about it nowadays because it's it's improved so much and even though it's still a bit of a problem you, you look back on it and you go imagine just how bad it was and it's great to uh, to, to learn about as well because as good as it is to perform and do all like, the French horn stuff and it's great you kind of need to know the background as well and you appreciate everything a bit more.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I definitely agree. What strikes me as well learning in, back in the 60s is the, just the segregation of like having race rec- records and um, record companies or places that only played like black music or like that was just so separated. Or you had like, um, there's so many covers. What I didn't realise in all the 60s music that I listened to and love, it's all covers nothing's nothing's very original um which is interesting because you can track back oh, Right, Aretha Franklin's respect isn't even necessarily hers it's Otis Redding that originally did that and who knows if that was his original so that's quite there's just so many like different things that you don't think about as part of the part of the module
2: I think something that struck me as well was um because Stan was saying this as well and um a few of the lectures in first year was we learn I'd say we learn mostly about America I'd probably say that's a fair assumption um and it's like if you think stuff is bad here like everything there was just like 10 times what it is here like when you think about racism or gender bias or you think about any kind of con- controversial issues with anything we well, always go to america
1: he always says it's it was better here doesn't he oh In way Britain better than, yeah it, like it's, it's
2: and the thing is it's i think over there obviously because there's, there's amazing music that's come out of there but when you think of jazz it's got nothing to do with this country it's like its stems weren't from this country. You think of big names, barely any of them are English.
1: Are there, are there any British jazz that come to mind?
0: Not particularly.
1: Uh, I can't think of anything.
0: No. It is a very American sort of it, music, yeah. Black American. Yeah. A lot of it, blues as well,
2: all this stuff. So it's like when we learn about all these controversial topics and all these social problems, we don't really touch on this country. And I think that's quite good because one it shows that we're living in a decent country <laughs> but it's also like because learning about different cultures and even though it's the anglosphere we still have a different perspective like to america it's a totally different country mm. and it's all different out there and you think like there was still really like tragic acts of racism there in the 60s and you think now we were with the Beatles and the stones it it wasn't the same over here so i think that's something he did make very clear, is that even though we speak the same language, it was a, a completely different world over there.
1: Definitely. So moving on to the film music module, I think it's been probably one of my favourites. And there are many reasons for that, but I love the idea that twice now our lecturer has managed to get two people in that are extremely were proficient and successful in their, in their particular industry. Uh, one Toby Hewlin and the other Elan Iksheri, Iksheri who composed music for th- films like Stardust, John English and Shaun the Sheep which was fantastic to watch <laughs> <laughs> in our lecture but that's one of the main reasons I just think to be able to, I rewatched The Hour with Elan and to be able to listen to that back and hear some of the things that you had to say it was fascinating. Why are you particularly interested in the in the module?
0: Oh uh, well I think I just love film music like I think it's something really important. Just if you think of all these like classic films from well whenever, um I think the music is like a big part of it. So if you think of Star Wars, just the music itself is just absolutely insane. I think I can't think of Star Wars without thinking of the music. Mm. So I think that's why I think film music's really important and I was just like I just I want to do something to do with film music at university. Or in my life, I'd really like to go into it.
1: I think that's re- that's why. Because you, you you said you expressed interest in film making or like film directing as well. Is that the p- potential career path?
0: I don't really know. When I say I was into like directing, it was like me making like home videos when I was little and stuff. So it's kind of just like a little dream of mine. But I think because I'm a musician, but I'm still interested in film, it only makes sense to. Look at the film music side of things. Yeah,
2: and I think I'll I'll interject there slightly with the thing of being a film composer. Was that's what I wanted to do? And then when you look at the module and you realise what you have to do, it's it's very scary. And I think the thing is, is that actually recently I can't. I think it was um, the score to June. I think it was Vanity Fair. Did did you see that thing with Zimmer? When it's a Vanity Fair thing, and he talks about how he made June. I haven't. It's really good. It's like it's only like a twelve-minute video. It only scratches the surface, but I was just looking at him and thinking, I would never be able to do that. And it's not. And, and he he would he would smack me if you heard me say that and say, you can do anything. So and it's like, well, when when Ian has shown us what you have to do to be a film composer, the not just your musicology skill, but also your emotional and character towards other people in the industry like the director and the relationship you have to have it's it's a lot and it's horrible it's it actually seems like a really stressful thing and i know once you've done 10 scores it's absolutely fine that's your job but i was thinking oh i'd love to be a film composer and then i look at what these guys have to do and i'm like it's not just writing music and actually like imagine when we're talking about the locked screen and everything like that's horrible imagine they go oh yeah by the way we're going to change this scene now do this and it's I think actually it scared me a little bit because I was thinking I'd love to be a film composer and then you look at what they have to do bearing in mind you look at probably the most famous film composers and they're all old so that kind of shows me they were old when they started they had a lot of experience you don't see many film composers in their 20s and 30s so it kind of gives me a bit of hope that I might be able to do it later but I look at myself now and if someone said to me just do a film score like I probably would be more confident to do it a year ago Because I was oblivious to the actual, like, the actual, how taxing it was.
0: Yeah, no, I think when they said that thing, when they were like, 80% of the time, you're just doing background music, just fill it, and it's all the same. But that's what you're doing 80% of the time. I think that's when I was a bit like, okay, it's not really. (laughs) Because when I think of composing film music, I think, oh, you can do whatever you want, John Williams esque, like, big symphonic stuff. But then, when when it comes down to it, you actually have to think of how is this affecting the film? How is this helping the scene? Um,
2: yeah, I, I think John Williams is an anomaly. I don't think like I know Ian. Uh, I'm really happy that Ian actually says he's really good because people say John Williams is not good. I just want to like it's just so untrue. I feel like I will never base any of my stuff on John Williams because he's no one's like him. I don't think anyone will be like him and the way that he writes music is so different for everyone else and it's in its own league where he writes a leitmotif for basically everyone. There's always music going on and he creates an, another dimension to the universe. Like you're saying, when you think about Star Wars, you think about the music. Not many. I don't even think Zimmer does that. I love what Zimmer does. Let's take Dark Knight. I love it. It's great. But he's not creating the world that... Um, Williams is doing like when you listen to Williams music by itself like when you listen to Harry Potter like you feel like you're in Hogwarts or whatever I don't think there's many
1: composers who do that I can't think of any others that you kind of no. get so immersed into their world by, just by listening to the music and so many tracks look at Dark Knight's score it's tiny
2: and then you look at Harry Potter there's 45 60 maybe tracks and they're all like two minutes long but they're big pieces of music with loads of themes in it there's none of that like, like a violin just doing one note just doing that, it's all like full texture. Now, I don't think there's many people like that. Okay. So I, I never really base my stuff on him anymore. As much as I look up to him uh, on like a musicology level, I don't look up to him on a, on a composer level because I don't want to compare myself to stuff like that.
1: Hmm. And is it fair to say, by the sounds of it, that as much as the three of us really like the the film music course, we've already recognised maybe in this module that it's not something that we will... Fully go with in, into the future and, and be looking at placements or a third year that's revolved around getting into the film music industry,
0: yeah. Because I think, cause obviously, Ian's basically just told us like all the stresses of it, and, and how, us off it. yeah, <laughs> and how like the directors are like your worst nightmare because they can just and the editor too, because they can just, like, like you're saying, they can just take seconds off a scene like at the last minute and you have to rewrite loads of music just for a few seconds Mm. but I think kind of the idea of it might be better than the actual job itself yeah because it just seems like like this amazing thing like you're composing all this amazing music for these like massive blockbuster films but like the stress and the amount of time and effort that goes into it and what sort of soundscape you want to create what style you want to create how it's going to be orchestrated and yeah just yeah. everything
2: i see it as a distant thing like i said about age you don't see lots of film composers who are around our age or older slightly older i think maybe i'll, I'll do it when i'm older a lot older because i feel like i need experience i mean you look at john williams he was like 40 when he did jaws or something like that's a lot of wisdom and I feel like that's what we need. At the moment, I wouldn't do it. I'd love to do something where I like shadow maybe Zimmer or something in the studio, just watch what he's doing and he can just tell me. It's like with anything in music, you feel more comfortable once you've done it a lot of times. And an unfortunate truth about music is you, the only way to do stuff a lot of the time is just to do it. Like To, to be better at writing scores is you just have to write scores and you just have to do this and it's all practice. Whereas with other things, you can kind of just study and you can kind of get away with it. It's very practical. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to do it. And I'm actually thinking in third year of doing a, a research project.
1: Um, what What's that called? That Applied research projects. Yeah, where you can project. pick a particular module or even area to, yeah, just yeah. focus. No lectures, but... No, I'd like to do that. Work, yeah.
2: I might do that on film hmm. or just any kind of composing. Um, I hope Martin Hiddens not listening. I love you, Martin. You're a great guy. But um, I would say that... <laughs> scary guy. Yeah, scary guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that Ian Shapiro has taught me more about composition than any composition lecturer has ever done for me at this university. Mm. And it's also incredibly valuable. (laughs) It might drop, yeah. And another thing is, which I love about um, what Ian's doing, is it's the only um, lecture and the only module that has had external professional help. That's what you want. Like for me, I mean, it might be different for performance, but like getting a Hollywood composer and like a a 10 out of 10 a library music composer who's done for like panorama and MasterChef. these are elite level musicians and we've got two of them and it's just like that is that's ridiculous yeah i mean that's like for for performance like i'm trying to think who would be a great idea but like any kind of famous conductor or like daniel barenboim coming in and telling us to play beethoven mm. like you're never going to get that so i feel like ian's got connections which is lucky but at the same time he's applied it very well to the to the module and i really like that
1: and when we're talking about film music it's obviously quite a broad term so is there any particular either genres or direct composers or any particular films that really got you interested in it because it's it's As I said, it's just quite a a broad term and obviously most films and most genres of film, such as horror or comedy or action do contain, or or sci-fi or fantasy in particular, do contain completely different types of music. So, yeah, what I'm basically asking is what interests you the most in terms of genre or or Um, film-wise? E.T. Just I think that film score
0: is just insane. And I think... There's like there's a really good story actually about the last scene of the film where E.T. gets in the rocket and flies away. Um Spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, like what are flies. you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, basically E.T. gets in his rocket and flies away. But it's it's not a very if you took the music out of that scene, it's not a very interesting scene. E.T. gets in his rocket and then it just shows them watching him fly away. But just the music is absolutely insane. And basically when they were recording it, when um, John Williams was conducting it, they couldn't fit it. They couldn't get the right cues in with the scene. So Spielberg basically said, John, mate, just do what you want and mm. I'll cut the scene around your music. So I thought, I think that's just an amazing wow. story because normally it's the other way around.
1: Yeah, when do you hear about the director actually saying to the composer, "Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work around you?
0: Yeah, I think that's why... John... John? <laughs> big John? I know him, John. <laughs> you're you're like, Johnny, A. Doom, big boy? <laughs> John down the street. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think... I think just that film and that scene just, like, got me interested. But also all the Zimmer stuff, too. And I remember you saying um, that you saw Interstellar
2: with the live orchestra in 2014. Zimmer was there. Um, who's the director? Christopher
0: Nolan. Christopher Nolan was there. What was that like? It was very good. So, basically, they had a massive orchestra. If you know the score... It's very organ-based. I've been there. Yeah, it looks yeah. Good. yeah. Um, and just yeah, it was incredible. Zoom was playing on his little keyboard. They had they had everyone there actually. They had Brian Cox, Stephen Hawking, Michael Caine, they had Stephen Hawking. I mean, he he's a decent singer, isn't he? He is. He's, he's he's incredible. And they had Kip Thorne there as well. He worked on the film. Who has now got a um, Nobel Prize because of his work on like gravitational waves and stuff.
1: So, but that's a really nice experience, isn't it? When you go and see something on screen because I remember a friend went to see La La Land but they had the orchestra in the pits with the film actually on so I think that's really good and it's it's an even more immersive experience hearing the live music.
2: An even better story about E.T. after that amazing story was I'd say seven or eight pints in Jack Bloomer comes to uh, Tannery where you used to have this.
1: It's only a couple isn't it? I, I it was la- not 8 points I, 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 <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> I, from the
2: way you played I hope it was 8 um, and basically Alex has a keyboard which he had in his room he has in his room now and at that point he was in your student accommodation room and we dragged Jack in there this is one of the first times I met him and I said you play piano and he says I, I dabble dabble Dabbling a bit of piano which if anyone knows him is absolute bollocks he actually does play piano <laughs> and um I said, well, what do you want to play? And he said, I've been learning this thing, which is from the credit scene, end credit scene of E.T. Um, probably Lydian, because that's what he does. And it's two over three, three over four. Three over two. Th- three over two. Uh, and he starts playing it. It made me laugh because one, you were absolutely pissed, but also because I'd never heard that piece of music before. And that was an outrageously good piece of music. And it is it is actually a piano in the final score. And then obviously it all comes in, like the whole orchestra comes in. But you introduced me to that on a weird drunken night. And that's another thing that I just think about with Williams is like he creates incredible piano pieces. like And you don't think about him writing for piano, but he makes amazing piano pieces. And I feel like with like the Zimmer thing, you go and see John Williams live. Imagine seeing E.T. live, right? Johnny Boy, probably Big John, wouldn't necessarily be there. He might be there. Um, you know, with his walking stick or whatever, but he'd be there. But even just the end credit scene, just that, that music is just outrageously good. And just be watching it. And I feel like when you're talking about E.T., I mean, that's a great film and everything, but that's just another example of John Williams being just so good. Like, the cre- the end credits is just great.
0: Yeah, I think just the end credits music is some of the best music in the film. I and think it's some of the best music the-
1: is ever done. Yeah, it's, it's in it's the credits. really good. Is, where would the film be without the music? In this instance. It'd still be quite a big film, I imagine. Yeah, considering
0: it's Spielberg, I think it'd still be a big film, but...
1: Well, they're a frequent collaboration, aren't they? Yeah.
2: They, they, they've they done so much... Did they do Jurassic
1: Park? Yeah. Because yeah, Because that has a similar theme in... um do, 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 do... That's... You almost can't imagine any other music, and and Mm. and the music just reminds you of dinosaurs when you hear it. Mm. So, that's a kind of phenomenal mix that pretty much any consumer of of film knows about that. Mm. And the same with Jaws, just two notes. Yeah, yeah. And
0: everyone associates that with sharks now. Yeah. It's crazy. If you just hear that, you think of sharks. Yeah. I think it's the same, well, to a lesser extent, but Close Encounters, the. um, When they communicate with the aliens, Mm. he turns that into an entire theme throughout the film.
2: Because that's played on, I think, actually, in the film, I think Mm -hmm. it is actually played on the synthesizer, like you see someone playing it. Yeah. And I've forgotten.
0: Is it da, 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 da? Yeah, and then the aliens play it back. Yeah, and then it's like this fucking
2: like, tube. No, it's not even a tube, it's been lower than that. I don't know what it is. It's like really low frequencies. And then there's loads of polyphony going on, and there's all that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. There's little hints of that. And you hear it in other films. Other films have used yours. I was watching Airplane last night and they used yours. Mm. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant stuff.
1: So we've spoken about John Williams quite a lot, which is fair enough, because he's <laughs> probably the biggest figure in, in film music. Yeah, I wanted to uh, cover a bit more of a technical aspect as well, because the average person, including me, before, this, uh, before learning a bit on this module, doesn't really understand the, the process. And I'm not suggesting that we are completely there yet. I kind of wanted to have a quick chat about because we've got a a film project coming up where we have a five to six minute Pixar short animation that we have to compose a score for so in my head I'm thinking that you basically watch the video multiple times to really get an understanding of the narrative and story because in a particular lecture that we had they, they had a few I remember James Cameron actually said that music is the heart and soul of the film and it carries the emotional narrative so that you need to understand the story before you start composing for it, and that's kind of going to be the way I approach it, and 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 then I can ultimately write a theme from there and put, add music and maybe existing music from then. Um, how how are you guys going to concentrate based on what you've learned? How are you going to approach this video? Um, just so the just so the a listener can can have a bit of an understanding about this this task.
0: Obviously, I'm going to watch the video a lot, <laughs> and. Um... Ian gave us, like, a very confusing order. (laughs) He brings it up a lot with loads of arrows going everywhere. Mm. I'm kind of just going to ignore that for a bit. But I think I'm basically just going to go through it, um, sort out timings of different cues and stuff, so uh, spotting it, and then um, think about... I need to think about the entire genre, but also, like, how it changes throughout. The short film I'm looking at, The Maker anyone's seen it it's quite I, feel, a, I
2: think all three of us are doing that one yeah
0: aren't yeah. there's this bit where <laughs> spoiler <laughs> uh the maker person disappears in like a puff of like fairy dust and
2: stuff magic dust
0: yeah and I think I've mainly been thinking about that like what am I gonna do to like get that effect am I gonna do a big thing or am I just gonna have no no sound and also we were talking about earlier that he plays a violin at one scene in the film when there is that guy with the violin
2: you have to think, do I orchestrate his movements or do I just play over it? I think I'm just going to play over it. I don't think I'm going to do...
1: You're not even going to acknowledge maybe that there's...
2: I'll put a very subtle hint. Maybe I'll add a violin in textually. I'm not Mm going to Mickey Mouse what he's doing. I think that's too difficult. Also, it can come across as being comedic too
1: easily. And I I don't have the capacity at the moment to write for comedy. Well, Rowan Atkinson said that it's the worst thing to do is to write for comedy. Is to orchestrate, orchestrate comedy. So yeah. Because it just takes away from... Because Rowan Atkinson in Johnny English, he's, he's being serious, he, mm. he's funny, but he's, he doesn't mean to be funny. So yeah. if you added music, oh, it yeah. always be take the mick out of him. So it
2: undermines it all, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Maker's an interesting one. I, I chose it because it was the one that was the weirdest. And I think you've got the most scope to do stuff. I know roughly what I'm going to do for it. I have five minutes of music for it, but it's about locking it in and making it sound good. Um, I'm going for a lot of diminished stuff. So mine's very, very ambiguous harmony. It's not really major or minor. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's quite modal. It's got a lot of kind of quartal stuff, but it's a lot of diminished chords in there because that's quite a, it's, well, it's quite a stereotypical thing to do for like an ominous vibe. Um, but yeah, deciding whether it's a happy story or a sad story because you don't actually know. It's like when Ian did that thing with Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm it like it went from being a sinister film about gangsters to like a hangover part 4 mm. like it's a, it's like <laughs> i don't know it, it's kind of you can change it massively and i actually think there'll be people who completely do it wrong and you think how can you do it wrong i think they will people will just really diminish the quality of the of the film just by writing I right think i think
1: it. what might happen for a lot of people and what i'm going to try to avoid is putting too much in because I think that's the excitement exciting thing you you think well I'm going to get marked on this this is worth a huge percent of my module I want to show all the skills that I can do use all the instruments manipulate them in all the ways that I can and I think that could be the detriment because there could be too much going on because the the maker already has quite a lot of cuts and and, and things that are that are happening it's not as much as things like partly cloudy um, which is another Pixar short that we got to choose from. That's just non-stop. I, it'd be very difficult to compose for that. But well, yeah, as a, as I was saying, it's that might be the, the the detriment of people if they try and just put in put in too many instruments and and too much con content.
2: Mm. So what, what kind of vibe are you going for? Have
1: you written anything yet?
0: I haven't written anything, but um, just some. I think I'm gonna. Well, I kind of want to write for piano, um, not mm. just for piano, but have piano. Solo as, instrument. as like a solo instrument, mm. but also like other kind of uh, pitch percussion. So like glockenspiels and mm. celestes and stuff like that. Mm. But I think the main thing with this film, well, if you <laughs> I don't know to spoil it or not, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, there's like a twist at the end. And I think the twist is really crucial in composing for it because you kind of realise the twist and then there's 30 seconds of credits or something like that. So you have to compose for the credits too. And I think I think if you didn't realise um, there was going to be a twist in it, you would compose it completely differently. I think I'd score it completely differently if I didn't know of the weird ending that it's got. And also the start, because it kind of... <laughs> spoiler, there's kind of like a loop. It's kind of a loop, so the start is sort of... Yeah, the end of yeah. It well, it's kind with, of a cycle, the whole thing. Yeah, it comes a full circle. So I think I might have to do some kind of linking motif to the very beginning.
2: Oh, I'm do I'm doing that. Yes, yeah. so I start with uh, a Rhodes, just doing some diminished stuff, and it's really really simple. And then I'm doing literally that exact same copy and paste, exactly <laughs> the same. And I'm going to put that as a deliberate copy and paste to be like, this is where we started. Another thing I'm doing, which if anybody hears this, they'll probably nick it because it's actually a decent idea for the maker. <laughs> is I'm gonna have all the way through it have vinyl crackle, have like have have this have this like that is actually quite a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> have, have this um, kind of going on in the background. Don't know if you noticed, all the way through, it's almost like everything's broken. The way that it's shot is untidy.
0: Is it stop motion? I think it yeah. Is, isn't I think
2: it? Yeah, so. and it, it's jagged and everything's not quite right. I'm going to spoil it because I don't care what people <laughs> think. The teeth are human teeth with a sock puppet thing and then you've got these dead eyes and then you've got... There's a violin and then you've got books. It's really disjointed and it's really weird and I'm thinking Vinyl Cracker will be a constant all the way through that and it'll be like a the thing that doesn't really vary and it'll be there the whole way through i'm going to start with just vinyl crackle and we're going to end with just vinyl crackle and then that is going to come in i want it to sound slightly low fidelity because i feel like that's how it's shot and that's what it is so i think that's quite a good idea to do that and then maybe for a split second it will drop out when it's a bit clearer and then because another thing is it's really dull the colors are like really dull it's very dark the only time there's a bit of colour is the bit you're talking about where he disappears. There's beautiful, saturated blues and everything. So that could be a thing where it's really obvious there's a bit of colour. Maybe the vinyl crackle can stop. But I, I love the idea of just having something in the background which is kind of broken, because it fits the vibe really well.
1: And it's brilliant. We, we spoke about the film music module, but that's a great way of getting assessed as well, because we've had, for those who don't know, we, our first thing was to compose library music a minute and a half, free reign to pretty much compose what we wanted to do and now to have this where again it's a lot of free reign on how you want to approach it Mm. so that's a really good way of being assessed because some other modules maybe you don't have that assessment that necessarily makes sense all the time that you don't think it's not too relevant to what i've been doing inside the module so Mm -hmm. as we come to the end of the uh, of the episode is there anything that you wanted to to add in terms of what you've been studying um, with regards to the modules or the, the university experience at all? <laughs> I not <don't> think about <laughs> Not an easy question.
0: It's me. not an easy
1: question. Or um, just, I, I guess I always relate it to, as I've done in previous episodes, just saying, uh, I mean, we can have another episode where we, where we delve into other sides of music and maybe talking about performance that and yeah. instrumentation. But just as a close to this one, is there any uh, advice you'd offer to people who are... Um, maybe slightly lung- younger and looking into doing some form of music and, and how the University of Leeds shapes up for that as well. Um, if you want to do composition, I wouldn't recommend
0: coming to the University of Leeds because I just think the composing module is very out there. If you're into wacky stuff, like go ahead, like go for it. Mm. But it's very wacky, so... But the film music composing side is very good. So, if you're into film music composing, I'd say come here. Mm. But um, also, um, if you can't play the piano, I'd recommend learning to play the piano. Um, I just think it's so helpful with, like, chords and just learning harmony and stuff. I think it's just,
1: yeah. That's very useful because... Funny enough, I haven't heard anyone say that yet, in, but it makes a lot of sense. As we said earlier, it's Such a, it feels like such a key instrument just so you have an understanding of all the other instruments. And even when I was helping out with the, the choir last week, it was just such a go-to instrument just to even be helping out with choirs and orchestras and getting guitars in tune, whatever you want to do with the piano. It's, it's something that's seems yeah. quite key. So yeah,
0: I think it's just also very visually helpful. You have all the notes in front of you. And just looking at triads and inversions and stuff is just i think it's the the best instrument for that mm. especially if you play a solo instrument too
1: definitely
2: i'd probably go slightly further and say that i would definitely recommend that you read music especially if you're doing the ba or bmus what well, bmus obviously you'll not be able to get on it if you can't read music i mean that's pretty impossible but like doing the ba i feel like as much as people don't want to hear it you you need to be able to read music a great example is in first year it's mandatory to do the theory module understanding music bart corral um doing things with cantus firm doing um canonic things if you can't read music it's an absolute shit show so i'd say it, you don't need to be okay so ruben's a good example ruben couldn't read music until very recently
0: oh i didn't know
2: that yeah he couldn't read music until very recently and he's obviously good at it now um, but he said he really, really, really would have struggled like if he couldn't read music like well. And he's obviously he can read it. It's not amazing at reading music by any means, but he, he's done enough for it to happen now and it's great. But
1: You just need to have the basic understanding for
2: that. 100%. And obviously if you're doing other stuff, like if you're just doing the MME or if you're just doing psychology, like it's not as crucial. But reading music, even in, in film score, it, if you're using Sibelius and you can't read music or you're supposed to be analysing a score in composition or just anything like that it's really useful to be able to read music and i feel like if you can't just get a basic understanding of it um or just maybe just prepare to struggle a little bit in first year with a few of the things but playing piano comes with that playing piano is you can read music i think it's a lot of people don't want to hear it but i think that's kind of the truth about reading music it is it's very very crucial at doing music at uni
1: Thank you uh, very much for your debut. Thank you for having me. Hope to have you again very soon.
0: Yeah, that'll be good.
1: Lovely. Thanks again, Charlie.
0: Fuck off. <laughs>